Hello and welcome to the NicheSiteTools.com podcast where we share experiences, tips, and tools to help everyone achieve a greater level of success with their online adventures. Ho, 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 ho. Merry Christmas and welcome to episode number 108 of the NicheSiteTools.com podcast. So glad to have you here. And in today's episode, which will be the last episode for 2017 as we're quickly approaching the Christmas holiday, New Year's and all that, two weeks from now will be Christmas, week after that is New Year's. So I'm going to take a little bit of a break, a couple of weeks off to enjoy the holidays and just reflect and look back and look forward to the new year. So this will be the last episode for 2017, but today I wanted to talk to you about a really important topic and one that came up over the last couple of days, and it was a cease and desist email that I received for one of my websites. And I'll tell you all of the full details today, all about that, how you could potentially avoid that, some things to consider when creating niche sites that I hadn't really thought of until I received that notice, and uh, it's all good. We'll tell you all about that today. And I just wanted to say real quick, I wanted to thank a lot of folks that took advantage of some Cyber Monday and Black Friday deals that had come up. I talked about that in the private Facebook mastermind group for the site, talked about that on the public Facebook page, and to the folks in my email list. So I know a lot of folks were able to take advantage of some of those great deals on hosting, domain names, Longtail Pro, themes, Git response, email service, a whole lot of services and tools that I routinely promote had deals going on. And I know a lot of folks reach out directly to let me know that they signed up through my link and took advantage of those discounts that I had available. So I was really glad to see that. Really appreciate you letting me know because I was actually able to follow up with one of the companies. Uh, one of the folks had signed up for the Git response email program and it did not reflect in my stats. And I had contacted the company. They said they actually found an error in their stat reporting and they were able to fix that based on my email. So that really goes a long way. Not only can I make sure that those sales do come through, but I can also thank you personally, and I really appreciate that when you do that. So thank you guys so much. And as always, if you are looking for deals on services like hosting, domain names, themes, things like that, you can always get the best deal by going through my affiliate link. Anytime there's a sale or a deal, that would typically automatically be reflected in my affiliate link. And if you are looking for any services, tools, or things that I do recommend, the best place to go is my resources page. You can head over to nichesitetools.com forward slash resources, or you can just click on the resources link right at the top of the page, and that will always be up to date every time I change anything or add any recommendations. That always immediately goes to my resources page, and those links on there will take you to any discounts that I can make available to you. So you'll always get the best rate currently available by going through those links, so you don't have to worry about whether or not there's a special or anything going on it'll always be reflected in those links there on the resources page. So again, thanks for anybody that was able to take advantage of those deals and congratulations on any tools or services that you signed up for. As always, if you need any help along the way whatsoever, you can reach out chris at nichesitetools.com or you can find me in the private Facebook mastermind group over at nichesitetools.com forward slash mastermind. And in addition, if there are specific deals that pop up, maybe they're flash sales or something that's only for a limited time, if I feel it's going to benefit the whole audience, I will send that out to my email subscribers 
subscriber. So the best thing to do is to get on that list if you're not already there. You can head over to nichesitetools.com forward slash subscribe to get on that list. And you will also get my keyword brainstorming guide and my seven simple SEO tips as well. And one quick last housekeeping thing, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, this will be the last episode for 2017. I looked at the calendar and two weeks from now will be Christmas Day and then will be New Year's Day the week after that. So we're going to go ahead and take a couple week break. Most likely it'll be mid-January when I have the next episode, unless something comes up in the meantime. But looking at my schedule, most likely it'll probably be mid-January for the next podcast episode. But between now and then, you can always find me, like I said, on the private Facebook mastermind group. You can reach out via email. And the best way to find those links is to head over to nichesitetools.com and click on the contact page. And then right from that page, you can either leave a speak pipe voicemail message. You can use the contact form. I list my email there and a link to the private Facebook mastermind group. So it's all right there. It's all right on the contact page. So you don't have to remember specific URLs, but I will be around. So if you have any questions whatsoever, or you need some help with anything, definitely feel free to reach out and I will be glad to respond to you during that time. And the end of the year is always a great time to kind of reflect on what worked, what didn't work. And if you you were trying to get some ideas going, you're trying to make some progress and you didn't get that progress that you were looking for, one thing I would suggest is laying out your schedule. Do like a week calendar, print out like a free weekly calendar online, and then just lay out the different times that you have for, let's say you have a day job, so between 8 and 5 you have to do your normal day job, maybe an hour or so in there is commuting or whatever it is. Fill that calendar for your waking hours and lay out exactly what you're doing during that time. And what I think you'll find is you can easily schedule some time in there to make time for these projects that you'd like to get started on. Even if it's just five to 10 minutes per day, that could go a long way to making some huge progress in the new year. And when you make that a priority, even if it's just, let's just say you find 10 minutes before bed when you have some time to yourself, some downtime just to brainstorm and think of things, or maybe it's after dinner, or maybe it's first thing in the morning, whatever works best for you, set aside that small amount of time each day to make progress on your sites or your niche site ideas or to brainstorm. Just set aside a specific amount of time each day, even if it's just a couple of minutes here and there, so that the more you focus on something like that, I think the more you'll find that you'll start to make progress. It'll become part of your daily routine. And then the more time you can spend on something, the more things will start to snowball and you'll start to have success down the road as a result of fitting that in and making that a priority. If you're just going about thinking like, hey, maybe if I could find an hour here or there, two hours here and there, to work on these projects at night and you just don't get around it, you just don't have the motivation on a particular day, it can be really easy to just let it go on the wayside and never really make any progress on that. But if you do set aside even just five to 10 minutes a day, if you make that part of your routine and you make that a habit, I think you'll really start to see that forward momentum and that progress that maybe has been lacking in the past. But hey, maybe you had a great 2017. Maybe you made some great progress. You're finally seeing some results. Think of some ways that you can capitalize on that. Maybe you don't have your email list, and that should absolutely be a priority. So you have that email list that's an asset for you to keep no matter what happens on your website. No matter what happens, you can always have that email list that's yours to keep. So think about some things where you could possibly expand. If things were working great for you in 2017, obviously do more of that. Think about how you could expand things out and take it from there. Just set aside a little bit of time to reflect back, see how things went, 
and see what you can do to make 2018 the best year yet. But for now, let's go ahead and get right into the content for this week. And like I mentioned at the start of the show, this week's episode is going to be entitled Cease and Desist, because that's the letter that I received via email this past week. And I wasn't expecting that. It was something completely out of left field. But it was interesting that I, a couple of weeks ago, Nick had asked me the status of those one-page websites that I mentioned a couple episodes back. And he was curious how they were ranking, and I hadn't checked anything in probably a month or so. Still hadn't updated any content on that site, so I just have around 200 words on those two different websites that I was uh, playing around with. And in those episodes, I was talking about creating local websites that you can rank for and either maybe rent them out or put up content for specific service providers in your area and then either try to sell them the website. There's a number of different ideas that you could do to try to generate income from those sites. And the two websites that I was working on, one of them was for like a top realtor in the community that you live in or the area that you live in. And another was for screen enclosures in the area that you live in. So Nick had asked me how things were ranking and what was going on with those sites. So I took a look and the realtor related website was around 36 spots. So it was on the third page of Google and it was fluctuating a bit. Last time I had checked it, I think it was on the second page of Google. And at one point it was on the first page of Google. So that one was fluctuating quite a bit and it was more competitive. But interestingly, the screen enclosure site, which again, I hadn't touched in one or two months, hadn't, I have, still haven't updated anything as far as the content on that site. It's just a one page or two page website, the main page for the site with less than 200 words on that particular page at the moment. And then it had a contact page. And that site is actually still ranking and it's ranking number one in Google for the screen enclosures in the community that I live in course it's a little bit less competitive and there isn't necessarily a ton of traffic for that but there are three companies that show up at the top of the um, google listings for that so folks are either paying for ads for that or there are businesses that service these areas and there are companies that are making money doing that screen enclosure business in the community that i live in so it does show that there's a market for that type of service and i am ranking number one and i'm you know obviously it's just a two-page website less than 200 words on there and i haven't done any link building whatsoever so it does definitely show that this can work ranking a one or two page website and the recommendation is to actually create a thousand word pillar article so that you have a lot of different keyword phrases you could be ranking for so like i said i haven't even gotten that far yet i still only have 200 words on that site but i am ranking number one and i went back and looked to see when i registered the site and that was actually in april so it's been somewhere between eight and nine months since that site was created I haven't created any additional content and I haven't done any backlinking whatsoever. So it definitely proves out that small sites with a couple of pieces of content or even just one piece of content in this case can absolutely rank in Google and you can think of a lot of different ideas that in your community you would know what services are really popular. So you could think of a lot of different ways that you could get started and it's a great way to get started with the really small websites. You can create maybe two, three, four, five, up to 10 websites really. It's only about $10 to register a new domain name and then also to sign up for hosting. It's only a couple of dollars per month. So for less than $100, you could create five or more, somewhere between five and 10 different websites. And you could experiment with different phrases in your local market. You could just create one piece of content and a contact page for those sites and that might give you some ideas 
ideas on things to start on. And when you do that, you can experiment with SEO so you can target specific phrases that you're interested in in that one main article on the site. So it's a great way to really get your feet wet to try some ideas. Some of those sites may start to rank like this one went all the way to the first spot of Google for the particular phrases I was targeting. Some sites might not work at all despite your best efforts. So sometimes things just don't work exactly how you expect. But if you do create a couple of different websites, you can experiment with what does work. You can learn a lot of different things. So it's a great way to get started. So that idea absolutely does work. So it's good to see that. And I did give those ranking details to the folks in the Facebook mastermind group where Nick had asked that question and he was encouraged by that. And he was going to work on creating some of those single or two page websites to try things out for himself. But that brings us to the cease and desist letter today from that realtor-related website that I had created. So let me click over to that real quick so I can give you some of those specific details. So the title of the article or the email that I received said, Improper or Unauthorized Use of the Realtor Marks in a Domain Name. And it said, Dear Sir or Madam, it has recently come to the National Association of Realtors' attention that you registered the website, which improperly incorporates the NAR, so the National Association of Realtors, registered trademarks. We respectfully request that you immediately cease any use or intended use of the improper domain name. And it goes on to mention that NAR is the United States' largest trade association representing over 1 million real estate professionals and talks about trademarks and things like that. And then it says, we would appreciate your cooperation to eliminating this potential conflict. Please confirm that you will cease all improper use of the realtor marks, including but not limited to deletion of the domain registration for your website and removal of the domain from all promotional and advertising materials for your business. Many times improper use of realtor marks can be cured by substituting the appropriate job title, for example, real estate agent or real estate broker. Please confirm you will comply with our request. Thank you for your cooperation and we look forward to your prompt reply. So, and it gives the name of the person and some ways to contact them and phone numbers and whatnot. So that was what I received. And to be honest, I was not completely devastated because I had created this mainly as a case study just to prove out this idea works as far as trying to rank a website. And I was didn't have a vested interest in it. I'm not making money off it. I'm not, you know, it's not like I'm the realtor and I was, um, you know, promoting this and all my business cards and online and things like that. And if I was a member of this NAR group of realtors, I may or may not have known about not using that uh, word realtor in the domain name. And the bottom line is I actually did a quick trademark search. So I searched for realtor trademark. And the first thing that comes up right at the beginning of Google is a page from their site or a related site that talks about absolutely the use of the word realtor is a trademark and you are not to use it in things like domain names and other different materials like that. So if I had done a real basic Google search prior to creating that domain name, I probably would have found that information not created that with the word realtor in the name of the website. But since after a real quick read and a quick Google search, it was clear that the use of the term realtor is a trademarked term, which was interesting to me because, you know, I sort of associate that with realtor, you know, 
with a real estate agent. But I guess that is the actual trademark. Realtor and real estate agent would be a more general term that you could do. So I could do top real estate agent in my community, which would be fine. That would not be a violation of the trademark. And I could go out there and create a website with that in the name. So that would be completely fine. It's just the use of the word realtor that was the issue. So it was a really interesting thing. I had no problem. I just responded to them the next day and said, that's not a problem. I was using this website as a case study. I'll go ahead and remove it. And they were, you know, they responded really quick, said, thanks so much for taking care of that right away. And they sent me another link, which was a three minute video from their website that explains why they do go after people that are using that term realtor because it's a trademark. It's something they value as their intellectual property. And after watching the video, it made a lot more sense. And, you know, I appreciated that. It wasn't just a strong arm person or some attorney somewhere just trying to scare you and trying to put you out of business or whatever. They wanted to work with you. They wanted to, you know, give you the reasons why. And it was interesting in that video, they said that terms like things like Kleenexes maybe or Band-Aids, those are trademarks that the more folks use them as just general terms when you say you need a box of Kleenex, Kleenex is actually a brand by a particular company that they own that at one time was trademarked. And I think over time, those things get diluted the more people that use them. For example, making copies used to be referred to as a Xerox, and there's obviously a company named Xerox, but the more that people use them and the more people dilute them, they could actually lose the value of those trademarks and they can become public domain over time. So they're really trying to aggressively fight the use of the term realtor so they could maintain that as a trademark, even though most people probably do associate realtor with real estate agents in general, they want to make sure that people know that realtors are members of that group and that's a specific term which they have a trademark for. So they were really cool about it. I was cool about it. I didn't have a problem with that, but you could see how that could possibly be an issue. So that might be something you might want to consider when you're creating a domain name or when you're registering a domain name or creating a name for your website. You may just want to plug it into Google real quick and add the word trademark or copyright on there and see if somebody owns that trademark for the particular title that you want to put in your URL or in your site name so that you could avoid issues like that down the road just in case. So in my particular case, if I still wanted to pursue that type of website, I could create top real estate agent in my community or not not that long of a domain name but something like that with the keywords for the name of my community or the name of my local area in there with top real estate agent or something along those lines and that would make sense and that would be completely fine but you just want to be careful with trademark type terms which i like i said i would never have thought realtor was a trademark term but it absolutely is so you might just want to plug in some different phrases or different words that you were thinking about creating a website around and see if any of those terms that you want to put in that url are trademarked and if so you would probably want to avoid that to prevent something like this from happening to you down the road so that was something i just wanted to share with you wanted to give you an update on those types of sites like i said said the one site is ranking number one and the other site I went ahead and removed the content for went ahead and uh, took the domain off of my hosting account so if you go to that domain name it's just going to take you to a blank page right now so that took care of what they wanted me to do with the site and I'll just go ahead and let that site expire when it comes up for renewal next year no big deal I'm out ten dollars but it was a good experiment 
And like I said, I could absolutely put real estate agent in the name of a similar URL and do the same thing. But you can see why it would be good to create a number of different small websites like that because if something like that does happen on one of the sites and you have five to 10 other sites out there that you're experimenting with, no big deal. You lost one site, maybe another site or two didn't rank, but you have a couple of sites that are making progress and hopefully you have at least two or three sites that are ranking really high on the first page of Google. So you can see why diversity might help in situations like this. I'm only out $10 and it was a great learning experience, not only for myself, but to share with you guys on things you could possibly avoid down the road. So a lesson well learned. So hopefully you guys got some benefit out of hearing about this. Hopefully you can avoid similar issues by doing a quick search for words words or phrases that you want to target for your domain name or your site title by just adding trademark in there and plugging it into Google and seeing if you come up with anything. And if there's any gray areas, you might want to steer clear of using any trademark type words in your URL or your title. And that should probably take care of most issues out there. So again, hopefully you enjoyed the episode. I like to be transparent. And if things go right, I like to share that with you. And if things go wrong, I like to share that with you as well. That's part of the learning experience. And again, this is going to be the last episode for the year. I am so appreciative for you guys out there. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for being a member of the community. And I hope you get some time to relax and enjoy and be thankful for the things that you do have. And I hope you and your family have a very safe, happy, healthy, and prosperous 2018.